the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K Show. It is Taco Tuesday. Mm-mm-mm. Yep. All these years later, we still don't have a sound effect for Taco Tuesday. <laughs> Um, today may be um, national or or um, cake day or, or, or tiramisu it's day. It's Taco Tuesday. Oh, there we go. Okay. Leave it to uh, one of my boys uh, to come up with a little sound effect there for me. Hey, glad to have you guys here with me. I'm in a celebratory mood. I might have a celebratory taco tonight because yesterday the Iowa caucuses, there is a term in Iowa called a uh, full Grassley because Grassley, when he campaigns, uh, he conti- and continues to do so. A full Grassley is visiting all 99 counties. Well, Ron DeSantis pledged and promised that he would do a full Grassley and he did. He visited all 99 counties. But last night we had a little thing called a full Trump in which Donald J. Trump, former president Trump in an historic landslide won all 99 counties. So while one candidate might have worn his shoes out, trotting around 99 candidates, and he he hobbled his way barely into second place, second place finish. We've got all the rundown for you guys to talk about there. There is also another ga- gathering that potentially has massive impact on America as much, if not more, than the primary and presidential race. And that is the World Economic Forum annual meeting. So we've got a great uh, guest coming up on tonight's Andrea K. Show. First time that she's going to be on, and it's Mel K. from the Mel K. Show. So uh, buckle up and get ready. And the man who's behind the wheel of, I don't know if we're like a speedboat. I don't know if we're like a train, a locomotive. I don't know what we are tonight. But the man behind the wheel with his orange stained fingers is none other than DJ Carrot Sticks. Yeah, I would say we're a tugboat. <laughs> Coming full steam, baby. <laughs> yeah, tugboats are not. Tugboats go slow, man. Slow and steady, no. but they're the strongest. I mean, they pull the, the big ships that can't make it through. You know, they, they pull, them, pull them through. All I know is my brother used to watch a cartoon of some tugboats, and it was just absolutely miserable for me to watch. (laughs) (laughs) But I've never never been an animation girl. Um, All right, so Trump did. Let me jump right in. This was the first time in history he not only won all 99 counties, but no Republican has won a contested Iowa caucus by more than 12.8%, and Trump won by 30 percentage points. L- almost immediately, Vivek Ramaswamy did the smart thing 
and conceded the primary to Trump and said, I have no pathway to go forward tonight. I'm suspending my campaign. Do you think Ron DeSantis, what do you think, uh, uh, Carrot Sticks, who do you think, were you following this or can I put you, can I ask you a pop question? Who do you think came in second and who do you think came in third? Between, well, it's got to be Ron DeSantis second. Okay. Haley third. All right. In spite of the fact that Democrats, because I was the same day uh, registration state, in spite of the fact that Democrats decide, you know, Democrats, by the way, are all about uh, yammering about voter suppression, yet they cooked up a plan to uh, have Democrats show up, registers Republicans in caucus on behalf of uh, the Democrat running as a Republican named Nikki Haley, because really they were thinking they only needed 5,000 votes, right, to push her over. I think it was either 4,000 or 5,000 to push her over to Santa's. Sister Friend still came in third. But here's what's funny, Kara Sticks. <laughs> Have you ever been in a concert to where, like, the band, you know, is like, uh, thank you, Philadelphia. And then, they, then they're like, oh, I mean, you know, thank you, Phoenix. Because they, like, don't, you know, they're, like, They don't lost. know where they are, yeah. <laughs> they don't know where they much, are. Yeah. They don't really know what time of day it is. Well, last night, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley actually came in third last night. And here's what she said in her concession speech uh, or her, I I guess, what she what she tried to claim was like a victory speech. Carrot sticks, if you could play her. When you look at how we're doing in New Hampshire, in South Carolina and beyond. I can safely say tonight, Iowa made this Republican primary a two person race. I mean that's that's so much worse than, than uh who was the who's the democrat with Howard Dean with the primal scream we're going to go into here ah! <laughs> this was absolute insanity unless i think we talked about Vivek Ramaswamy was like he was a ah! he went, yeah there, there's Howard Dean <laughs> Uh, unless remember, um, was it yesterday, the day before I was talking about Vivek Ramaswamy and his last ditch, you know, strategic bumper sticker plan of, of, you know, vote for me or your guy will die. He was like, look, here's what's going to happen. DeSantis is going to join Haley as the VP on the ticket. And then they're going to quote, eliminate Trump. And then that's how they're going to push Nikki Haley and DeSantis through. So maybe in that way, is she, is this a little thing in literature known as foreshadowing? Is she foreshadowing that to come? I don't know. Um, but Nikki Haley, I mean, th- I mean, only a rhino establishment or really only a Democrat. This is, by the way, isn't this more classic Democrat move? This is just like Joe Biden going out today. I didn't even bother to pull the clip and it was like, yeah, the economy's great. There's no problem here, right? Or who remembers back during the Iraq war in 2005? Remember Baghdad Bob? He's standing there and literally his tanks are rolling in behind him and taking over. Uh, um, what's the capital of Iraq? 
what was I can't remember the name. Baghdad. 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 Hello, Baghdad Bob. So literally as the tanks are rolling in behind him and tearing down Baghdad, he's like, no, we we got this under control, man. <laughs> we win in this. <laughs> oh, I can't get I can't get enough of uh Nikki Smiley, Smelly or whatever you want to call her. Um, but honestly, it, it, you know, if you if you're gonna talk about the full Trump. Oh, and by the way, before before I get into the next aspect, one of the things that D- D- Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley have no legitimate pathway. Empirically, they have no legitimate pathway to winning the primary. The only pathway that they have is really by Vivek Ramaswamy's uh, his his um, premonition. I don't want to say premonition. His his uh, is that the right word? Premonition. Of him, yeah, him saying, here's what's going to happen. That's the only way that they could, they could win. So um, otherwise, they're completely delusional. And when you think about the fact that between the two of them, they spent, what, close to $300 million in Iowa, you think about how $300 million could be used going forward to stop the communist train that has already left the station by the Uniparty. And instead, they so selfishly, so selfishly are pushing forward. All the while, while continuing, particularly Ron DeSantis, continuing to lie and smear. Ron DeSantis, don't, you know, the, trying to claim that he's the only conservative in the race. It is not the conservative position to try to tell 75 million MAGA voters that Joe Biden won fair and square and legitimately got 81 million votes. Why? Because it's just not true. And there have been cases that have been litigated from Arizona to Michigan to Wisconsin, not to mention the shenanigans, the illegalities that were involved in Georgia and absentee ballots or the Pennsylvania State Supreme Court that changed the election rules illegal, that literally paved the way for Biden to win in the state of Pennsylvania, all illegal. Every bit of it. And that's not even getting into big tech in the way that the FBI and big tech and censorship controlled the outcome of the election as well. And yet Ron DeSantis, and yet on top of all that, last night, Ron DeSantis' team put out the notion and continue to claim, and today they're even trying to do the same thing, asserting that the race was called too soon and there was voter suppression and DeSantis would have won. Look, if there if that happened, maybe Trump wouldn't have won all 99 counties. Maybe he would have won 98. This was Trump's win. And every time DeSantis, his team, we already know Nikki Haley's a Democrat, but every time DeSantis and his team make arguments against Trump, why do they always use the same lefty talking points? When you're making when your entire campaign is built upon Democrat talking points, don't tell me you're the number one conservative in the race. We're going to take a break. We come back. I've got, um, in addition to Iowa being uh, it being a full Trump night, the media was completely fully trumped, and we've got the yummy, juicy clips to play for you. Let's have some fun when we come back at the expense of the Mockingbird Media, shall we? AK. Dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea Kay, whatever you call her. She's on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back 
to tonight's Andrea K show. <laughs> Thank you, Iowa. <laughs> China has chimed in, by the way. China said on the Iowa results, quote, the world should prepare for the return of Trump. Well, let me tell you all, the World Economic Forum is preparing for the return of Trump. And we've got some clips to play for you guys. That's happening in Davos right now. We've got some clips to play play for you a little bit later. But right now, we just need to have some fun at the lefty media. Um, oh, oh, one more piece of fun. Um, Andrew Wilco, and I was on Wilco's show last week, by the way. I forgot to tell you guys. It's on Salem. It, Wilco is so hilarious. Follow him on the socials at Wilco Majority. Here's what he tweeted out yesterday. Trump won by a landslide in Iowa, and Miss America doesn't have a hoo-ha male part. We're trending in the right direction. <laughs> well said, Wilco. Well said. All right. So the uh, the lefties in the media were just beside themselves. Absolutely beside themselves. And particularly... Joy Reid. Y'all remember Joyless Reid, right, from MSNBC? I don't know if you've seen her lately, uh, but w- what I find f- amazing about Joy Reid is um, she, you know, her entire claim to fame is and, and rise to fame after being uh, uh, the um, a, analysis into her background where all of her racist blog posts and things she did. I mean, she's a racist who documented racist, who then was hired on MSNBC to call conservatives racist. And yesterday she had some uh, some um, comments along that regard. Um, well, I'm going to play the clip first, and then I'll give you a little bit of my analysis. Here's her explanation as to why Nikki Haley lost Iowa. New Hampshire. And I think to the point there. that you made, Steph, I mean, it, it's the elephant in the room. She's still a brown lady. That's got to try to win in a party that is deeply anti-immigrant and which accepts the notion that you can say immigrants are poisoning the blood of our country. She's getting, you know, birthered by Donald Trump. Um, and I don't care how much the donor class likes her, which will ramp up a lot, the better she does in New yes. Hampshire. So it's still a challenge. I don't see how she becomes the nominee of that party with Donald Trump still around. I can't picture it happening. Maybe it could happen. Ron DeSantis's only argument for staying in it is he's the white guy that he can still make the appeal to white. While we have. When in the world did Ron DeSantis say, I'm the white guy, vote for me? This is so unhinged. <laughs> uh, and, and, but why didn't she claim that Nikki Haley, that uh, Vivek Ramaswamy only came in second, seven, uh, uh, got 7% and came in uh, fourth when he's far darker of brown skin than Nikki Haley? Mm, could be because Nikki Haley's a Democrat, but let's really talk about the elephant in the room, which I want y'all to actually Google and watch this clip because the elephant in the room is the cultural appropriation on the part of Joy Reid. It's the white toupee she's got on her head. <laughs> Don't be trying to play the race card. Don't be this whole this whole cultural appropriations thing going on with America right now. When you sit in there in a white toupee, okay? And oh, by the way, there is nothing more racist than a Democrat. They see everything through the lens of race. Yesterday, we played the clip of Fannie Willis trying to justify her abuse of power in the district attorney's office, her, uh, her financial abuse of taxpayers' money, unethical behavior, if not criminal behavior, under the guise that she's a black woman. 
We're sick of playing the race card. Nikki Haley actually responded and said, look, this ain't, this didn't have anything to do with my race. Okay. And Joy Reid went on to complain about the white Christians because we know part of the major demographic in Iowa is uh, that they are, uh, by and large, they are a, um, a, a people of faith in the area. Look, this is the middle of the country that the left absolutely hates. And by the way, um, I think we may even have a clip of Rachel Madcow because, yeah, um, because this is how um, they are always guilty of what they accuse the Republicans of being. They're the racist. And then, and uh, which we just discussed about Joy Reid. But then also, here's a clip of Rachel Maddow accusing Iowa voters of being fascist, basically. Uh, well, not, I didn't pull that clip. So one of uh, Rachel Maddow's statements last night was that, tr- that MAGA voters were pushing Trump to be extreme, and which is a switch because before it was MAGA voters are under the spell. They're a cult under the spell of the cultist leader, right? Then she flips. And last night she was like, uh, this authoritarian movement is not, you know, Trump's just their puppet and they're pushing and uh, they're pushing Trump to be extremist. And it really, if it wasn't Trump, it would be anybody, um, which of course is projection for the authoritarianism that we're under with the Biden regime. And then she goes on to say, we you know, we, we can't play the v- Trump's victory speech tonight. And here's her explanation. Uh, at this point in the evening, the projected winner of the Iowa caucuses, um, has just started giving his victory speech. Uh, we will keep an eye on that as it happens. Uh, we will let you know if there's any news made in that speech, if there's anything noteworthy, something substantive and important. Um, the reason I'm saying this is, of course, there is a reason that we and other news organizations have generally stopped giving an unfiltered live platform to remarks by former President Trump. It is not out of spite. It is not a decision that we relish. <laughs> it is a decision that we regularly revisit. Um, and honestly, earnestly, it is not an easy decision. But oh, please. You can cut it there. I can't us. hear any more of that. Oh, we don't relish this. You're so into the relish. You've got it slathered all over your body like a hot dog. Okay. This is, you know, and, and everything, a former president of the United States giving a victory speech on a reelection is historic. And it's only a fascist. Fascism is about government control of private uh, of private enterprises to push their state crap, and that's exactly what's going on at MSNBC as they as they suppress freedom of speech, as they as they suppress the flow of information to the voters in order to control the outcome of elections. They're always guilty of what they are accusing the conservatives and the Republicans uh, of doing um, absolutely despicable. And by the way, Trump's speech was about unity last night. So of course they do not want him to be heard calling for unity at this time in this country because disunity fostering hatred between groups of individuals that they've sliced and diced and divided up is the way in which they hope to, to cobble together a fraction, a faction of groups that are miserable, full of hate, with hatred directed towards the Republican Party. We're going to take a break. We come back. Mel Kay from the Mel Kay Show is going to be here. We're going to get her take on the Iowa caucuses. And then we're also going to take a little trip around the world to Davos 
and talk about the World Economic Forum, because let me tell you, all they were talking about Trump today. Stay with us. More Andrea K. Show coming up. If you miss any part of tonight's show, don't forget to download the podcast wherever you get the podcast. Email me at andreakshow.com, andreakshow.com, and we will be right back. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea K on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show. Before the break, uh, we were talking about, well, actually at the opening of the show as well as the, the last segment, we were talking about the Iowa caucuses. It was, that yesterday should forever be known as the full Trump, baby. Y'all heard of the full Monty yesterday or the full and the full Grassley Yesterday was all about the full Trump. Won all 99 counties and the lefties in the media have been fully Trumped and they are hysterical. Um, Joining me tonight, special guest on the show. Um, I already love her because she goes by the name of Mel Kay. Why wouldn't I love a Kay, right? And I certainly love anybody who tells it like it is. Y'all know that that's how I roll. And I know that y'all know of this gal because that's the same way that she does. It is Mel Kay from the Mel Kay Show. Mel Kay, thank you for being here tonight on the Andrea Kay Show. Hi, Andrea. I'm so excited to be here. What a great day for us and for America uh, to join you. Well, well, thank you. What are your thoughts on last night on the win on uh, Nikki Haley and DeSantis's reactions as well as the media? Well, you know, we're all having a little bit of uh, we're playing along in something that is primarily theater. Everyone knows that Trump is going to be the prime, the candidate for the Republican Party and everyone is trying to stop them. I believe that most of the people that are against him are pro-globalist. Uh, we have to be honest about where we are in America to understand Trump's appeal. And for what I do, which is a lot of geopolitical reporting, I will tell you, overseas, they are more excited about Trump returning even than we are. And that is because the world is in total chaos and everyone on planet Earth pretty much knows that if Trump had gotten the uh, results from the election properly, that we would not be in this situation anywhere in the world that we are. And so I think that it was a big sigh of relief for a lot of people that were on the right track and we're heading into 2024 and uh, with a lot of momentum. Oh, I totally agree. I actually, but uh, during the last segment, I was talking about the fact that China has come out and said the world needs to be prepared for President Trump uh, <laughs> to return. And your thoughts on China's statement? Uh, well, my thoughts on China's statement and all the statements, Noah Harari from the World Economic Forum came out. I'm doing a whole week live from Davos uh, with a Oh, good, because I'm going to I'm going to pick your brain on that when we come back. We, uh, oh, great. So, yeah, we're going to talk about <laughs> World Economic Forum. Yeah, it's my topic. Uh, but the truth of the matter is that they all have a plan and that plan doesn't include America. Like Trump always said, they're not after me. They're after you. I'm in the way. Possibly that was the case the first round. Now it's they're not after America. They're after the world and America's in the way. And China is poised to be the ones that kind of dominate the world in terms of social contracts being communism. So, of course, they're not happy about it. But I assure you that the only people that uh, that can stop the march to World War Three and some kind of nuclear escalation are Trump sitting down with G and Putin and Modi and all of those people. And I don't believe that they will sit down with the Obama Harris uh, clown show. I do believe that they still will sit down and negotiate peace with Trump, which is what the whole world needs right now. 
Yeah, well, I got to pick your brain as we as we transition into talking about the WEF annual meeting in Davos. Um, there are some people that there was a clip going around of something about Trump with Klaus Schwab. And um, some people are saying that he's chummy with Klaus Schwab. What are your thoughts on that? What do you know? Well, what my thoughts are is, and, and I, I worked with Trump many, many years ago. Listen, for that level of wealth and power, if you do not mm-hmm. know how those people function, they only really know each other. Of course, Trump is treated as an equal by other billionaires and trillionaires. Trump just doesn't happen to be part of the globalist billionaire oligarchy club that is trying to install the Great Reset and the Fourth Industrial Revolution. He is for nation states. He is for mm-hmm. per, national sovereignty, for us putting our nations first, all nations. Klaus Schwab is for global governance, a one government movement. That was why Kissinger recruited him. That's what the U.N. has always been about. So the idea of global cooperation as opposed to the globalism of Klaus Schwab is very, very different. And uh, as much as they interact as they interact, they are two men who live in a supranational group of people that have been functioning for now 30 years on the same stage, same platforms. I'm sure they've crossed paths many times. That's how that group of people work. It's just Trump is an outsider and he's not going to play their game. And he's told them to their face at the UN and at the World Economic Mm -hmm. Forum. So to confuse him being a gentleman and being Trump Mm -hmm. are two different things. He was just being the businessman he is. Well, look, I mean, you, you don't build a, a, a multi-billion dollar global, uh, a, a global brand and enterprise like he did without having to bump up against all the uh, world leaders and be friendly and chummy. You got to donate to this Republican and got to donate to this Democrat and be and be nice to everybody that, that has the ability to impede your progress, you know, a, as a company. So that's, you know, yeah. so of course he's had to be chummy. Um, you know, how, how do you think he, how do you think, you know, he's built all these, <laughs> these businesses yeah. around everywhere, but, but MAGA and make America great again. He put everybody on notice that ultimately, uh, in order for America to be restored to the greatest nation in the history of the world, America has to come first. And yeah, so and I mean, I, every nation has to, he, he wasn't right. just doing first MAGA was his economic plan to rebuild America that they were going to export to all the other countries. And I hope that right. that will happen again. Mm, absolutely. Okay. So yeah, let's talk about what's going on in Davos. Um, they have said, I, I've got a couple clips that I pulled by dude carrot sticks and I don't have them in front of me anymore. I've got, I pulled two clips uh, to get your reaction to Mel Kay. One has to do with them talking about uh, rebuilding trust, um, <laughs> which is laughable, I think. And I've got, I've got uh, one clip from them talking about controlling information. Uh, Carrot Sticks, if you can play just the first first clip in the stack, and then I want to get Mel Kay's reaction. A lot of disinformation in social media, almost much of which is coming from private sector interests, but then it gets amplified when it gets reposted and resent by ordinary people who think, oh, this is interesting, I'll I'll pass this on. Um, But then it's also being amplified at the top. And this is one reason why I'm glad we're here talking about this at the World Economic Forum, because I think the business community has a big role to play uh, in challenging this. Because one of the things we've seen in the United States is we have a small sector of what I'll call bad actor private sector agents, and we know who they are, um, who are responsible for the vast majority of disinformation. And the rest of the private sector is just sitting on the sidelines. And they're just not saying anything, and they're biting their tongue because, well, maybe... 
they liked President Trump for other reasons because he cut corporate taxes. And so I think the private sector has largely stood by and allowed a lot of really damaging things to happen, things that in the long run will not be good for you know, liberal democratic capitalism. And so I really <laughs> hope that the World Economic Forum will take this issue on board and think harder about the role that the private sector can play in standing up against disinformation, uh, even if they might like the fact we, the problem is not just to say you we are can wrong, end it there but, uh, carrot sticks so Mel Kay, they have said that the theme for this Davos is rebuilding trust they put out their 10 priorities number number nine out of the list was anything related to economic downturn number one on the list was controlling uh, disinformation and misinformation and I think her, that clip just there shows why because um, information that's hurtful to their socialist communist scheme has to be controlled. Yes. Yeah, I, I've been covering the, the World Economic Forum for years. They are the biggest. What they do is they invert language, and I call it Klaus Schwabian mm-hmm. speak. It is total. <laughs> what she just said is so outrageous because what they're not telling you is the World Economic Forum is a partner of the United Nations and all their octopus of global control tentacles. And what they do, and it's completely um, the opposite of what they say. They mm-hmm. include, they are a public private partnership of stakeholders in the world economy is how they view themselves. They are these globalist NGOs, these globalist organizations, and they're partnered with the international banking cartel, which is um, the World Bank, the IMF, the BIS. And what they do and what we have to understand happen in America, Larry Fink, first of all, is on the board of the World Economic Forum. So Larry Fink being on the board of the World Economic Forum is the first thing you need to know, which is that he um, is behind the ESG score, the social credit score. But shortly before the rollout of the pandemic, Larry Fink called all the CEOs and all the bankers, and these are multinational corporations. We think of them as American companies. They're not. They're multinational partners of the World Economic Forum. And he said, we're going to have to go direct because of what Trump was doing, dismantling Agenda 2030, dismantling their globalist goals. And what he said meant that they were going to use the corporations and the banks to skip our government, to skip our Bill of Rights, to skip our Constitution, and to control the population like actual fascism through the banks and the corporations. And that is exactly what they've done since they rolled out COVID. And what she's saying right there, what people should know is Klaus Schwab didn't only write a book called COVID-19, The Great Reset. He also wrote a book called The Great Narrative. And it's all about controlling information because everything she was saying there about businesses, she means Mm -hmm. us, we, the people in the room, through corporations and through banks need to control the people, forget the governments, forget free speech, forget the Bill of Rights, forget nation states. We're the bosses of what is true. And and everything she's saying is so upside down, but that's what they do there. It's total inversion and it's all about global governance, which used to be called the one world government. Well, yeah. And, you know, the inverse, you know, is true. I, I talked about that in the last segment with with the Democrat Party here, the communist and uh, their mouthpieces in the media. You know, it's always projection. Uh, yep. You know, they're always guilty of what they accuse us of, whether it's Joy Reid last night talking about, you know, racism in the Republican Party or whether it's, you know, Rachel Madcow talking about fascism. You know, they're always guilty of what they accuse us of. And I'm wondering if you can stick around for another segment, Mel Kay, because I want to talk about disease and how that sure. plays into uh, the World Economic Forum's plans going forward. All right. I, you guys can tell 
you want to hear more from this Mel Kay from the Mel Kay Show, I know you'll probably already listen to her. Of course you do. And she's going to stick around for another segment. So don't go anywhere. This is the Andrea Kay Show on AM 1170, FM 96.1 and streaming all over the world. Dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea Kay, whatever you call her. She's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay show. We're taking a trip all around the world over to Davos, Switzerland. And they're there not just eating uh, yummy chocolates and reportedly even engaging in some microdosing of some magic mushrooms. They're cooking up all different ways in which they can control every aspect of our lives. And they got a little taste of it during the COVID-19 communist crackdown. And they've got another plan under the way that gave that gave them a, 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 a lot of progress here in the U.S. in terms of uh, conditioning us in, into the submission to the state via health. And there's a little thing called Disease X uh, that I think they have in the works uh, for this coming year. So joining me again for this segment is Mel Kay. So Mel Kay, I'm thinking that um, just just a week or so ago, I think the UN put out about this Disease X, that it was a quote, mm-hmm. unknown pathogen that was 20 times more deadly than COVID-19. I don't know how they would know that since it's an unknown pathogen. (laughs) (laughs) But what do you, what do you know of this and the world economic forum in the UN and the WHO's plans for this disease X? Well, first um, the WHO has been talking about this since 2018 and uh, it's gone in and out of their language and in and out of their stuff. It's actually a placeholder for whatever they're rolling out next. And they've tried many times. Mm. Listen, the COVID was one of many attempts to do what they did. This was, that was a long game. And they had, I'm sure you've talked about it at event 201 Mm -hmm. and how they did a run through. Well, uh, this new, uh, you know, disease X or whatever they're calling it. I call it that their financial model and their great reset are failing. So they better come up with something quick. But in reality, (laughs) this is tied to the World Health Organization's uh, demands that they're making with their treaty. And everyone Mm -hmm. knows about what was happening in December. Well, they're supposed to, oh, Biden, I call him oh, Biden. He's supposed to be signing that treaty in May. And people have to really get activated and understand what's going on here. So disease X, um, by the way, I believe that our country, our left and right Republican and Democrat is totally suspended. And this global public-private partnership led by Fink and Gates and, all, and Soros and all these people is really running our country. And the truth of the matter is that they need this to come. So they're starting the fear. They're starting everything else. Today they came out. China has a deadlier d- a disease coming and all of this. And in the meantime, what they're doing is insisting that we go back to fear and panic and, and give our rights away and all of that. But what is really going on is that they are getting incredibly desperate and they're talking Mm -hmm. about something that's coming and they hope that we'll all fall into lockstep. What we have to do is resist that by all all means. And um, it is really a fear tactic to let us know that this is a global problem that has only a global solution and they're the only ones to do it. The scary part is that our own government in June put in a provision for disease or, you know, COVID, Mm -hmm. whatever they want to call it. So um, this is a, like I said, they, the corp- multinational corporations and the international bank and cartel have seized our nation through our governments. 
And it's not just ours. It's probably 130 nations that they've infested with this uh, globalism, Agenda 2030 nonsense. The scariest part about it all, though, is that the World Health Organization redefined pandemic. And Mm -hmm. if they get their way and we sign over our sovereignty, their new pandemic includes climate change, systematic racism and gun violence. So they can call disease X at this point, whatever they want. But what it is, is it is a last attempt to get us all onto this 17 development, full track and trace surveillance dystopia. Yes. That they want to rule That's over for the about. rest of our lives. That's yep. ultimately what it's about. I've also talked about Bill Gates and his 50 and, fifth and five plan right. because, because they actually thought with COVID they were going to have greater progress in, uh, in rolling out the, the global digital ID through the, through the VAX passports and it didn't happen. Exactly. And so I think that that's, that's the plan going forward and why it ties into the WEF because they've already got their blueprint for the digital ID. And if they can usher it in through health, then they've got us, you know, they can control every aspect of our lives will be under the digital ID from food supply, finance, healthcare, telecommunications, everything. And then it, all the elements of your life will be on there and they will be able to control it through the social credit scores. I think that's ultimately where we're going. How soon do you think they're going to try to, to get this over on us? Um, I would say there's going to be, well, there's multiple things coming at us down the pike. That's why we have to be really vigilant. We really have mm-hmm. to unite where we can. I frankly believe left of center, probably 15%, right of center, probably 15% actually agree on almost everything. So we got to get the next 15 on each side on the same team, because right now it's, it's honestly, 2024 is not an election about left and right Republican and Democrat. It is about to re we remain American citizens with a sovereign nation with goals that are for our country and the best for our cooperation with the world? Or do we become part of Agenda 2030, which is the end goal for the Biden regime? They've committed to it. Obama signed on to it without the consent of the governed. That is where they're headed. And 20, we will be global citizens, not American citizens, if they get their way in 2024. So we have to be very, very vigilant. We have to be strong. We have to be courageous. But we also have to make sure that we do not feed into their violence. We do not feed into mm-hmm. their propaganda. We do not let them... Um, manipulate us. And I honestly think uh, black, legal immigrants, uh, white, and I also think a lot of the people that have been alienated from the LGBTQ, that would be the lesbians and gay people that never intended for what this has become, are all going to be on the same side come 2024. There's going to be too much coming. I believe that also the, um, I've gotten a lot of information, the same globalist billionaire oligarchy that have funded all of this, that are running the controlled demolition of America, funded Black Lives Matter, funded the Women's March, Mm -hmm. funded all of that, are organizing something in February or March that'll be along the lines of hashtag demand citizenship and all those same NGOs are going around the color revolutionaries and trying to uh, organize those uprisings once the ceasefire now that they're paying for ends. So we're going to have a lot of things coming at us, but this disease X, if, if people play into it and they didn't learn from the last time, I don't know what to tell you, but I don't think the masses in America will, will buy it this time. Well, I mean, you know, I see people driving around by themselves in cars with masks on. I mean, there's some people. <laughs> I mean, crazy. there's some people that have been that have been completely. I mean, their minds are gone, Mel Kay. I mean, you know. Yeah, I know. Um, but I think there's enough of us left. At least I, I like to think that there's enough of us left that that are sane. 
Um, yeah, the, I would say that. I would also say if the American people fully understand that the enemy is not their neighbor or the other party, that the enemy is a globalist oligarchy of billionaires that have decided that they decide our future for the United States, that they would rise up and say, get out of our country. We all need yeah. to stand on the same side of freedom in 2024 mm-hmm. or we're going to lose this nation. And I don't think people want that to happen. So shows like yours are more important than ever. Well, same back at you, sister. Tell everybody how they can hear you. Oh, great. Okay. It's themelkshow.com. You can find me over there. I also put up a new show every single night with people much smarter than me on Rumble and all free speech platforms. And uh, you're doing great work. And I'm really appreciative to be on here and just keep it up because we, the people of the United States, are going to win this. But you know what? They have a cognitive warfare model, and it's only going to be good information like the ones like the, like you put out there that is going to save this nation. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate your being here. Thank you. Thank you. All right. You guys stick around. We got another hour of the Andrea K show coming right up. We're going to continue to have some fun. We got some more hot topics. Barack Obama and Joe did an ad. <laughs> stick around. We're going to have some fun. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.